This is Not Worth Living, a podcast that features creators interviewing themselves with a preset list of questions. Unlike other podcasts that feel like conversation between friends, this one aims to feel like eavesdropping on a psychiatrist's visit. Today's episode features... Hi, my name is Andrew, and it is 2.22 a.m. on March 19th. I am sitting in my office in Minneapolis. And this is where uh, I read and edit books for 1111 Press. Um, The way that my desk is positioned, I'm looking outside and my neighbors have their TV on. And so it's off in the distance and kind of distracting. Um, To the left of me and to the right of me are tall bookshelves that line the walls uh, from the floor to the ceiling. Behind me, there's a row of books as well. And behind that is another row of books. Uh, Between those two rows creates a hallway that leads to uh, a place that I sit for meditation in the mornings and in the evenings. Um, On the opposite side of the shelf, um, which would be to the left of this other bookshelf, is uh, a chair that I sometimes sit in and read. And that's, that's my office. That's where I'm sitting right now. And that's where I'm talking to you from. I've decided I wanted to record this uh, without any edits, just right um, straight from my consciousness. I'm not even really sure what this is all all entails as far as the podcast goes. I haven't listened to the first episode, and I haven't read all the directions yet but I know I'm supposed to record myself. So I'll open up the email um, and I'll see what the questions are. But I wanted to just set a tone uh, for where I am right now in this place. Uh, It's very quiet. And I often stay up late or I wake up very early um, so I can be awake when no one else is because it seems like my thoughts are more clear during this time um they always have been and I've I've just always uh liked being in these these quiet times uh when everyone else is awake um there's a lot of energy and it's, it's hard to focus so hopefully Um, this clarity will come through in the recording. Okay, I'm going to open up this email. Um, Let's see. Okay. This is for a new podcast. It's called Not Worth Living. And I suppose this comes from... uh, what is it, Plato, who said um, an unexamined life is not worth living. 
Is that right? Um, let's see what the questions are. It is a self-interview podcast. The tone and length are completely up to the interviewee. Okay, perfect. Podcast features, preset questions. Unlike other podcasts that feel like conversation between friends, this one aims to feel like eavesdropping on a psychiatrist visit. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, let's look at the questions. Please pick any combination of questions below. Read them out loud before answering. Okay, I can do that. And I apologize if my voice is a little raspy. Um, I have a little bit of a cold that I'm getting over. And I think that just comes with the territory of having young kids um, because they're always sick. But then also it being winter in the Midwest. And it just seems like we have two seasons. The first is uh, summer and then the second is sickness. And so um, summer lasts in Minnesota maybe about three months. And so then we have about nine months of sickness. Um, and so we have uh, maybe about three more months of sickness left. I think that's a, a dad joke, right? Okay, the first question is, what makes you tick? Um, let's see. Is this still recording? It is. Okay, perfect. What makes me tick? I suppose what what keeps me going, right? Is that the I'm going to say that, that that's what you're you're asking here. What what keeps me what keeps me going throughout the day? Um and I I'd have to say that what makes me tick what keeps me going um is my meditation practice um yeah i don't know how how far we want to get into this but um like i mentioned earlier i do meditate uh in the mornings and in the evenings and i meditate everything that i do um, it's about 45 minutes to an hour for each session. So that brings us to about maybe an hour and a half to two hours every day that I'm meditating. And I started doing this a couple years ago. Um, really after I read the book, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. And that book was... Um, so inspiring to me <clears throat> at the time I mean many years leading up to it I had been exploring altered states of consciousness really exploring these deep questions um, these these questions that I think a lot of people don't even think about but they and, and I don't understand why they don't I think from a young age, I was confused why people aren't in a state of mass panic uh, because we don't really know how we got here and we don't know where we're going. 
Um, we just somehow appear in a family. Um, and it really doesn't appear to be by choice. At least at first it doesn't. And then we're supposed to live a life. Um, and our current culture is one that reinforces um, difficult concepts for at least me. One of materialism, uh, one of that reinforces the ego. And I've never been one that is um, that wants to compete in a way that hurts others. And so business for me has been one that puts people first. And, and in doing so, um, I suppose I haven't been maybe as successful as others have been, but I've always done things I really care about. But anyways, that's a, that's a tangent of the initial question that I was posing for myself, um, just about why I meditate. And uh, yeah, just that there's there's all these these questions, and it and so I, I I mentioned one, so kind of asking why are we here, and that being a huge mystery that a lot of people uh, ask themselves, and then the the second which I just hinted at, which is I've never had uh, an inclination or desire to be famous uh, or to amass huge quantities of money. And so I've really fallen out of touch with, I'd say, most of the world. Um, I, th I think that a lot of things that people chase after, a lot of these desires, just don't really mean a lot to me. And uh, I've seen, I've just... Um, become sort of an outcast even among outcasts because uh, sure you know a a after you reject um, contemporary culture and see that making a bunch of money or being famous only leads to more suffering then um, the, the counter to that seems to embrace other things that I don't necessarily embrace either um, which are more desires uh, of drugs and alcohol and that alternative behavior of these other desires, um, which I did go down that path, and I found it to be unfulfilling. So um, that's how um, I started to read more about uh, meditation and yoga and this search for um, higher consciousness. And growing up in the family that I did, uh, one that was very religious, any kind of organized religion was an immediate turnoff. And so um, that's why I was really pleased to find um, this intersection of the East and West in the book Autobiography of a Yogi. And so, um, from there, I started taking some classes at an organization that um, was started by a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda, who was the author of uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. And through those classes, um, I 
have uh, become a disciple of Yogananda and been initiated into the highest technique of Kriya Yoga, which is probably one of the most uh, profound experiences of my life was the initiation. So what does this mean for writing and publishing? Um, well, it's definitely how, I, how it keeps me ticking along and helps me um, keep balanced and focused. Um, I found um, through the, the techniques uh, just endless energy and focus. Um, and uh, a great sense of inner peace, which I think is with the, the end of what we're all searching for is, is inner peace. And like I mentioned before, a lot of our culture goes about it in a way to find inner peace through chasing after desires, um, such as amassing money or um, power. Um, I think that one of the most interesting things for me um, in experiencing, um, you know, chasing after some of those desires is when I had my first book published and I thought it was going to be the thing that would complete me and it ended up making me more anxious. I mean, throughout all of my childhood and my teens and, and early to mid-twenties, I thought that that getting a book published was the highest of all successes. And um, I found that not to be the case. And in fact, it was the opposite. And it was only because I went into it with the intention of it hoping that it was going to solve, um, you know, this dissonance inside of myself. And so that's why I've said in interviews before um, that it's the, the act of writing, the act of going into yourself, the whole writing process, uh, that is where the important work is done. Of course, sharing that with others and having them read that and having other people um, encouraging them to go to those same places that you went yourself, that's that's a great thing to do as well. Um, but, yeah, let's see what the, feel, I feel like I could um, ramble on for a long time. There's no one to cut me off. So I can revisit that and have a longer conversation with anyone who wants to. Where are we at? Okay, 14 minutes. Well, Feel free to cut any of that out if you'd like to. Okay, next question. Would you open an envelope with your death date? Shin. That's an interesting question. Um, I don't think that it would really matter to me. I think that um, I think that I die daily. I don't mean um, that I live very closely to uh, to death, and I have my whole life. Um, I had heart problems when I was younger, and um, frequently 
thought about what it would be like to not be here anymore. Um, but something I do, and this is part of uh, my meditation practice, is um, when I'm falling asleep, just reminding myself that none of this is real. Uh, this whole world that we live in uh, is real in a sense, but ultimately it is just a dream. And where I go when I dream is not very much different from this world that we are living in now. And so death for me is just a state of consciousness that... Um, yeah, that was you know we, we we alter our consciousness every every day every time we go to sleep we alter our consciousness so death isn't anything um that I would say that I have any fear of anymore so yeah that that again that opens up a huge Pandora's box of like many many or maybe Pandora's box box isn't the correct word there I think that there's a lot of these questions that are like opening a door to a hallway and in answering one question um, you open that door up to a hallway with many more doors and each of those doors are opening to other hallways of many other um, rooms and so that's just a very big question but yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I don't think that it would change how I live my life now if I knew when I was going to die. Um, let's see, what was your, what was the first time you remember creating something intentionally? So, let's see, creating something intentionally. Um, I, I've always been pretty artistic and I remember my kindergarten teacher, she'd always take pictures of the things that I would create. Um, well, I really loved my kindergarten class because we had these big spools of, um, like butcher paper and I would make like boats like that I could sit in and I made, um, a human body with bones and things um so I guess I was very into art from a young age um even though I really I guess don't create that kind of art anymore uh but yeah I guess like maybe when it, when it comes to writing I remember in second grade we had journal time and that was the first time I remember being encouraged to keep a journal and I remember enjoying journaling so much that I asked to stay in from recess uh, so I could I could continue journaling and writing um, and it was always something that was very calming comforting and um, I still keep kind of a, a journal uh, I was talking to Sam Moss this past week Sam is an editor with 1111 press and we're having a meeting um, about some books that we're working on. And of course, catching up about um, various things, you know, his writing, my writing. 
and um, I keep I'm working on this kind of a memoir of sorts about growing up in the very um, myopic, very weird kind of religious community uh, I was part of throughout my youth, and then going away from religion and then now coming back in this new way and um it's i'm I'm calling it right now um god is god is here god is nowhere um where you kind of have both words smushed together so you can read it as god is uh, god is now here or god is nowhere and uh i i'm writing all the time i have a notes app on my phone that um you know, at the beginning of the day, I put the date and I just write any kind of observations that seem interesting to me. And I'm collecting all of this and using it as a material. And then I've been doing this for many, many years. And I'm going through and trying to um, write about various times in my life. And um, something that I was talking to Sam about is um the more that the more that I find this inner peace inside of myself, the less I need to write about I just the, the the less I need to write about I guess anything in general, I have less to say. And I've just been really thinking about that, about how during the years that were very painful, I was writing all the time, and I used writing as a way to process the pain. And now, as things have eased up, um, I sometimes go days without writing. And it's because um, I just don't don't use it in that way anymore. So that was a that was quite the tangent from the the question, which was, what was the first? Um, what was the first time you remember creating something intentionally? So, um, but yeah, I guess going back to that second grade journal, um, it's, it's, uh, there have been times in my life where I haven't been able to find comfort in anything else besides writing. And so that, that journaling was incredibly important to find and discover. The next question is, what keeps you motivated? And I'm going to pause here for a minute so I can think about it. Well, I guess that there's a few different motivations. Um, I have a motivation to um, support my family because I have three very young kids. And um, publishing and writing, they don't always pay the bills. And so I do have a, a job outside of 1111 and my personal writing. Um, so my family is a, is a big motivator just to make sure that we have um, food and shelter. Uh, but I guess despite all of that, what, what keeps me motivated to, I, I assume this is what keeps me motivated to, uh, to keep creating things creatively 
And that's a really great question. Um, I just, I think that from the publishing side, I see that there's so many great, wonderful stories that deserve a platform um, and that, that need to be published just for the simple fact that um, it uplifts people's consciousness um, to read books where people um, honestly examine themselves. And I think that that's a key component of many 1111 books. And um, I mean, honestly, just in general, other people motivate me because I, like I said before, obviously money and success don't motivate me, but um, just really tapping into that human experience and uh, yeah. examining the self. And, and that's something I should also say too, is that, um, let me check the time here quick. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not going too long. Um, so something else I should say is th the kind of yogic philosophy I follow is something called self-realization. Self and um, that's how I see a lot of the writing that I do and a lot of the writing that 1111 publishes is this, real, this realization of the self and trying to identify that self um, the, the whole idea of we are the stories that we tell ourselves and kind of going back to some of those earlier stories of how we formed our identity, um, all of those things. I think that those are the things that matter in life are asking those, those really deep, difficult questions. Who inspires you at the moment? That's the, that's the next question. Who inspires you at the moment? Well, I, I mean, as I mentioned, um, Paramahansa Yogananda and, um, oh boy. This is, this is difficult. I mean, I feel like I could sit here and I feel like I, I need some time to sit and reflect. What I really like about the written interviews is I can kind of uh, stare off into space for 20 minutes and uh, and, and write a sentence. Um, but now there's going to be a bunch of dead space. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, this is this is hard. I There, there are a lot of uh, people I, I look up to Um, I've been going back to the founding fathers of the U.S., and I've been reading biographies of them, and I really admire John Adams. Um, and I, of course, like Benjamin Franklin. Um, and and something about, about those characters also is they also had um, a prayerful, pray, prayerful meditation routine as well. Um, which is really interesting to to find that many of uh, many of these founding fathers um, would uh, sit for an hour a day in prayerful med meditation. 
probably yeah I, I i can't i can't think of any kind of popular celebrity it's just a bunch of like yogis a bunch of i mean let's see paul brunton is someone who i'm reading right now um he was an english journalist who went to places like india and egypt and um was you know searching for highly advanced souls um yeah i guess that th those are the those are the things that that matter to me right now okay what's your latest project well uh with 1111 press we recently released Vikinau's book called Suicide, The Autoimmune Disorder of the Psyche. And that was a difficult book. It's a hard topic. And the reason why we wanted to bring it out in the world is because uh, suicide is a topic that often gets overlooked until it's too late uh it's a taboo topic it's a taboo topic even among people who um claim to uh i guess you know claim to be very progressive and um we wanted to bring it more out in the open because i feel like a lot of people who are struggling with uh depression or um suicidal thoughts don't feel like they have anyone who they can talk to and we wanted to put it out there in an agnostic way meaning we don't have an opinion of one way or the other um, we just want people to talk about it and our hope is in talking about it um, people can find the clarity they need around those feelings um, those deep feelings those hurtful feelings um, Yeah, I mean, V V has one opinion. I have another opinion about it. Um, I just think that there needs to be more care and compassion in the world for anyone who's feeling that way. And so um, it's, it has been really kind of interesting, though, because there have been some media outlets who have really shied away from wanting to talk about it or help promote it because the the word suicide is just so loaded and I feel like they don't want to even have that word on their website or printed uh, anywhere just because like I said it is like a very taboo word and I think that just what people need is just to be able to be like hey like I don't know if life is life is worth living and I I really want to talk about it I mean that's what um Albert Camus said in uh what is that the the myth of Sisyphus um about the the one great uh philosophical question is you know whether you know should I should I continue existing or not you know before asking any other questions um you know, that is the question we should ask first. So, again, another avenue 
um, another, another, another door that opens up into a hallway of more doors. If money was no object, it's not. Uh, what would be your dream project? I don't know. I feel very fortunate. I think that I'm very happy with everything I'm doing right now. And I don't have any desire to do anything more than I'm doing right now. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I did mention that I have to have a normal job in order to continue with 1111 Press because we really don't get paid much of anything for that um, because we always put it into the next round of books and print runs are expensive and so on and so on. Um, but really, that that's kind of a a good way to limit how many books we can do each year. And so if, if we only put out four or six books a year... Um, it's, it's good to have some of those limitations. Um, so we can really put the care and energy into, into those few books. Whereas if we had, I don't know, 15 or 20 books, I think that I'd be, um, I wouldn't be able to fully invest myself in, in them as, as much as I'd like to. So yeah, I don't know. The, the dream project is currently happening right now with everything I have going on. Is there a quote or a motto that you work by? Hmm, I'm sure that there's a lot of really great quotes. Um, uh, let's see. Well, the the greater... Um, the greater the will, the greater the flow of energy. Really like that. I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a lot of really great quotes. Um, a lot of it has to do around around willpower. And uh, yeah, I guess I've always thought it's funny that my last name is Wilt, and there's this uh, the. Um, Alistair Crawley, you know, do what thou wilt. And um, wilt being a form of will and willpower. Um, I've always been attracted to willpower, and I think that everyone has uh, so much more willpower than they know. And if they could only tap into that, if they could only discover that in themselves... Um, they literally could move mountains. There's so much potential inside of each of us. And uh, I really believe that in the coming in the coming years, in the coming decades, coming generations, people will will learn how to uh, tap into that willpower and we'll see some radical changes. Our our culture is um, is very limiting, and it's unfortunate. But anyone listening to this, um, please do realize that you you have almost unlimited amount of willpower. 
I mean, maybe an unlimited amount of willpower inside of you. And you can do so much more, so much more than maybe, um, maybe the, the story that you tell yourself of what you think you can do. Um, would you be friends with yourself? Well, I think that we are all individual aspects of the divine. And I would, I'm, I strive to be friends with everybody. Um, I, I like to see the good in everybody. Um, we're, we're all working through things. I'm working through things most definitely. Um, but I think that that's, that's where, where people get in trouble is looking at ways to divide themselves from other people, uh, instead of, instead of seeing, um, the, the goodness that, that each of us have. So, uh, what do you do differently from other people? Well, I don't know. I suppose there's a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, the hard part for me is what I mentioned earlier in this, which is that I s seem to, because I, I don't fit in with, with anything mainstream, um, but I also don't fit in with a lot of the counterculture crowd and, uh, So, yeah, I don't, yeah, and that's, and, and you know, that kind of reminds me of something that I was going to say, um, before, which is, um, all the, the meditation and the, these ancient techniques that I follow, all of the things that people do through drugs and alcohol and, um, other sense desires that they follow, all of those things can be achieved through meditation, through, um, they're, they're, they're all contained inside of yourself already. And you don't have to do those things, um, those external things. It's, uh, and that's, that's really hard to explain to, a lot of my friends who are part of, I guess, this, this other crowd, this, this other, you know, this other scene. Um, then, I mean, ultimately it's whatever decision you want to make. I mean, it's not up to me to make a decision for you, obviously, but, um, yeah. I, I think that, that that's probably how I do things differently is that um, I do things, you know, completely without drugs or alcohol or eating meat or fish. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do things always with, um, with the thought of, uh, of well, I'm trying to think of this in a, in a palatable way for most people. Um, 
I, I do it with with the thought of the the divine, or um, I, I I call it divine mother. I like to think of God as as divine mother, as uh, divine mother Kali. And um, I have a close attunement with her, and so I, I don't think that you'll find very much of anyone who will say that that yeah but but maybe maybe in time other people will um, discover the shortcomings of uh, of drugs and alcohol and and other things um, and they will they'll, they'll come back to their divine mother Kali <laughs> what do I want my epitaph to say oh it doesn't need to say anything um I can I hope to be uh cremated I don't I don't know I I, I just I, I hope that the the positivity I put into the world um and it doesn't need to be you know I, I don't need to get any kind of credit for it. I just hope to be a very positive person, and I hope that that positivity inspires other people uh, to be positive and loving and supportive to one another. Because we as a human species, we're, we're part of one great big family, even outside of humans. and I mean, this includes animals and plants and our world. Um we're all part of a collective consciousness and um, anything that you do to another person that's negative is uh, hurtful uh, to, ultimately to yourself because you're part of that collective so yeah I don't I don't need to have I anything anything other than um, just remaining positive and hoping that um, I can be a, a small light in a in a dark area. Well, I don't know how much of this you're gonna keep. I don't know how much of it is is good. Uh, but I think I made it through all of the questions. Oh, and then at the bottom there's examples. Well, okay. I'll have to look at those later. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I hope I said something of value. This this was very interesting. <laughs> Peace, love, and joy to you all. Home, peace, amen.